So this morning I'd, I'd like to talk about um, what it means to live a blessed life, something that the scripture talks about. Um, and, and blessed life really is, is true life, um, a life lived in truth and wisdom and peace and freedom and humility and love. Um, and it's a blessed person who understands where that life and truth and freedom and humility and love come from and what those things actually are and what they actually mean. Uh, this morning we're going to look at Psalm 1 and what it says about the blessed life and about <clears throat> a blessed person. So please uh, hear the word of the Lord, Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for your holy word. Thank you, Lord, that you reveal yourself to us uh, through your word, through your son, Jesus. I pray, Father, that by your spirit you will be with us this morning, that you will open our hearts and open our ears. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. So coming, coming to a psalm like this that we're all probably pretty familiar with, um, I, I think sometimes we tend to think of this as what you should be instead of what you can be. Um, we tend to think of it as something that we have to attain instead of something that we should want to be. Um, and really, it's, it's a, a great sadness that when we read something that is possible in Christ, um, that we would think it as, of it as something that we have to be instead of something that we get to be. And I hope this morning we'll maybe have just that slight perspectival shift not feeling that this is something that you have to do, but instead, of, instead it's something that you're invited to be, something that's actually possible by the grace and the hope that we have in Christ and by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So it starts off, uh, Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. And it's the description of a righteous person. Um, and you would think that if you were to describe a righteous person, if, if you're describing any kind of a person, typically you would start with positives, right? Like if I'm going to describe, describe what a good teacher is, I will describe... There we go. I think you got it, Stephen. All right. So you, you would uh, typically describe a person, um, a righteous person, a good teacher, something positively. But the psalm starts negatively. And the description of what a righteous person is here is what a, what a righteous person is not. And it basically boils down to this. The righteous person, 
The, the blessed person is a person who does not walk in the counsels of the wicked. In other words, it's a person who doesn't allow his or her opinions and perspectives, worldview to be learned and shaped by the wicked. So if, if you boil that down even more practically, it means that the way that you think about success, the way that you think about what is valuable, the way that you think about identity of yourself and others, the way that you think about desire, the whole idea of developing a moral compass and how you will choose to live is shaped not by the wicked. And the wicked here is really just the world. It's not shaped by the views of the world. Because when this happens, that person will eventually stand in the way of the sinners. And stand really there is just another way to say that the person who thinks like the world will adopt the lifestyle of the world. That person will begin to look like the world in action, in thoughts. Because he thinks like the world, he will act like the world. And then ultimately it will impact how he views other people, especially righteous people. The man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. That person who's taken his counsel from the world, who's begun to act like the world, will then begin to view other people like the world views them. And it's really insidious because that person begins to view especially righteous people with condescension and ultimately with spite looking on people who are trying to live morally upright lives and seeing them as lesser and even looking down their Guys, hear me? Oh, yeah. All right. That the blessed person, the blessed person walks in the way of the godly, stands in the way of the righteous, and sits in the seat of the encourager. Um, you're looking at Hebrew poetry. You're looking at, at wisdom literature. So you see these parallelisms, and that's what you would expect. Here is what the, the blessed person does do. But instead, the psalmist says that the one thing, the only thing that can actually lead to blessing is this. His delight is in God's law, and it's what he thinks about his perspectives, his opinions, his worldview. Everything is shaped by what is true. It's shaped by God's word. Now, hear this. These are not competing values. They are instead right and wrong and life and death. God's view of success and value and identity, desire, God's way of developing a moral compass for how we live and act. They are thoughts that are guided by truth and thoughts guided by truth will ultimately lead to a godly lifestyle. And those who allow their minds to be shaped by God's truth 
and allow their actions to pour out of that and live a godly lifestyle, the way that they will instead view others is not in judgment, but through a lens of grace and mercy, um, oriented by the Spirit, seeing the world and seeing other people as Jesus sees them. And the, the psalm begins to, to lay out this truth and hear this because it, it's not something we oftentimes say, but scripture tends to teach it, that it is very true that you are what you think. What do you think about? What occupies your thoughts and your desires? What are the things that you dwell on and meditate on. You are what you think because what you think dictates how you behave. And how you think and how you behave impacts how you react to people's views of what is most important. Paul talks about it, right? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but instead, instead be transformed by the renewing of your minds in Christ Jesus. And then the psalm kind of reverses the top order. Now we're going to get the blessed man is like something, and the wicked man is not so. He says, the blessed person is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. The person guided by truth, following God's direction, being nourished by his word is like a tree planted by streams of water. So check out the, the illustration is super beautiful, right? Um, in the ancient Near East, you've got primarily arid land and picture a number of streams kind of converging and, 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 and like a confluence of streams, two streams coming side by side. And there's a tree planted right in the middle in between those two streams. And that tree is able to send its roots down deep into the soil. And it always has access to the water. So that no matter what's happening outside, no matter how hot it gets, no matter how windy it gets, no matter how poor or bad the outside conditions of the world are, that tree stays green and alive. It's living. And it bears fruit in its season. It's a healthy and good tree. And that's the picture of a blessed person. A blessed person who's able to put roots deep and no matter what's happening outside in the world, that person stays alive and vibrant and bears fruit in season. It's the picture of what it means to live a blessed life. Deep roots, deep life, and good fruit. The wicked, though, are not so. Hear how simple that is. The wicked are just not so. Instead, they're like chaff that the wind drives away. It's a simple statement, a searing statement. Here's what the wicked are. They're just not so. It's not worth saying more. They're like chaff. And um, this, this would have been a super common illustration for an ancient Near Eastern. But if you imagine farmers throwing wheat up into the air, throwing it up, and the wind takes the chaff and just, it just blows it away. Saying that's what the life of the wicked person is like, rootless lifeless, worthless. Jeremiah 17, we have uh, almost a direct parallel of this. Um, as, as Jeremiah the prophet is speaking, he says, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes his flesh his strength. He's like a shrub in the desert 
shall not see any good, any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness, in an uninhabited salt land. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He's like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green, and it's not anxious in year for drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. That's one of my favorite pictures. Can you imagine living a life like that? When I, just, when I describe my wife, I describe my wife, um, her spiritual life, she's like an oak, deep, deep roots. She's not blown around by the wind. She's solid and strong and quiet and faithful and present. What a beautiful picture. And, and if we pull back for a sec, isn't that what we... Isn't that what we really, really, truly want to be? Because that's what it really means to be alive, right? Like that's true life. The, the chaff, the chaff is such a perfect picture. It's just, it's just gone. But then instead you have a tree that's planted by streams of water, always access to life. That's the person whose mind is transformed by the gospel. That's the person who delights in God's law and in God's ways and in God's truth. And then it starts to push out in the way that they live. It starts to impact the way that they view others. Um, and then the scripture says that um, the wicked man will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the wicked will perish. Those who live by lies... And that's what they are. Remember, truth and lies. Those who live by lies will fall to judgment and will be kept from the family of God. But the Father knows the way of the righteous and remembers and celebrates it, but the way of the wicked will perish. And that's a very literal statement. If you think, um, if you think about what it will look like in a million years, right? No one will remember worldly gains that were made by godless ways. People won't talk about the wicked. When we're in eternity with the Father, those won't be thoughts. But every cold cup of water that's given to a thirsty person in the name of Christ every act of kindness and graciousness and service and humility that's given out of love for Jesus, those things will be celebrated by the Father and by us as a family of God for all of eternity. The blessed person and the wicked person. Now, wisdom literature is kind of interesting because it deals in polarities, right? There's little room for nuance. I, I tend to be a person that focuses and lives very much in nuance. But this is kind of nice because it sets very clear parameters. There is wise and foolish, there is rock and sand, and there is wicked and blessed. And we are forced, when we come to a passage like this, to choose one or the other to identify with one or the other, to commit to one or the other, to desire one or the other. 
And it's a good exercise to have because you're forced to say, what am I actually choosing in my life? Am I choosing blessing or am I choosing wickedness? Where is my heart actually? And that's a thing that only you can answer between you and the Lord, right? But I charge you, encourage you, plead with you as a brother. Choose the blessed life to be blessed men and women. To see God's offer not as legalistic commands, but as a loving invitation. He's saying, here's life. And it can be yours. Choose it. Walk in it. Accept the invitation. Make that choice. And if that means you have to do a full turnaround in life, hallelujah, praise God. That's what the power and the, the spirit of God allows us to do. But do so in knowing that if any of us make that choice, we are going to run into hard, hard winds. We are going to fall. We are going to come face to face with our sin over and over and over. And when we do so, we will see the power of the gospel. We will see the increase of God's grace. We will come face to face with the reality that we have and we need an advocate who goes before the Father on our behalf. We're going to celebrate Easter in, in just a couple weeks. That's why Jesus went to the cross. So that he could die in our place paying a price that we could never pay. So that we could become children of God. And then he ascends to the right hand of the Father where he intercedes for us. Because when we choose this, we can't do it on our own. God says, you're able by my power and by the Spirit. So I simply want to encourage you this morning. Choose blessedness. Allow your minds to be developed by the counsel, not of the wicked, but by the truth of God's word. Allow your lives to pour forth in action that's based on minds that are transformed by Jesus. Allow the ways that you think of others, people who are seeking to be righteous and holy, to be shaped by the ways that you think about the world and view others. If you want to sort of have a litmus test for where you are right now, one of the very sobering ways can be, how do you think about other people who are trying to live righteous, holy lives. Do you kind of harbor spite? Do you sort of think they're lesser? Um, do you think they're just being kind of stupid or holier than thou? If that's the attitude of your heart, you might be able to work back and see what's actually transforming your mind and pouring out in your lifestyle. Um, friends, we have a savior. And he loves us, and he intercedes for us. And he has made it possible that we might actually live. Let us desire, above all things, to follow Jesus. And let's be trees planted by streams of water. No matter what's happening outside of us, we stay alive, we bear fruit, and we glorify Jesus. Amen?
Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious God and King, um, Father, we are so, so grateful uh, that you call us uh, to walk with you, that you have made us alive by your Spirit, that we might actually do that. And I thank you so much, Lord, that you don't leave us to do it alone by our own power. We know we are incapable. Instead, Lord, you give us the power of your Holy Spirit. You give us brothers and sisters who love us, who can point us to you and walk alongside us. Um, I pray, Father, that as the psalmist, psalmist calls us to, that we might make a choice uh, this morning, tomorrow morning, every morning, to choose blessedness. Not because it's easy, Lord, but because it's what it means to be alive. And we know that by the power of your Spirit, by your interceding Son, that we might actually do it. We know not perfectly, Lord, but we look forward to the day when we see you face to face, uh, when the struggles that we have here um, are put behind us, and when we can actually see your glory as it truly is. Lord, please bless us and be with us. Thank you for this beautiful day. Help us to see a reflection of you in it all day. I will give you thanks and praise in Christ's name. Amen.